now we're going to get to our series deeper. So get your notebooks ready, get your pens ready, and let's get ready to hear a word from God this morning. Restoration Church, how are you today? Well, oh, awesome. That's good. My name is Nate. I'm the lead pastor of Restoration Church, and I'm glad that you're here, uh, whether you're with me in Dover or you're at Plymouth or Milton or joining us online. I'm glad you're a part of Restoration Church, and I'm glad that I have the opportunity to preach God's word to you this morning. We're in the third week of our series, Deeper, uh, but before we jump into that, uh, I wanted to find out how you're doing with fasting. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we, we gave you guys some guides, which you can find online somewhere, uh, just to guide us through the month, some things that we're praying about, uh, but really we are entering this season of prayer and fasting during this month because we're trying to grow our roots deeper, deeper in Christ, deeper in his word, deeper um, in our church. And um, that way we can, we can grow fully into the things he has for us. So how are you doing? Has it been going okay? Amazing. It has been, they're all famished here. Uh, just completely famished. Um, I've been seeing teenagers participating, adults participating. Um, and uh, listen, I'm proud of you. Thank you for giving it an effort. Addition to the fasting, and, and if you've never done that before, there's still, um, we still get a couple weeks left, and we can coach you through that and help you find a plan that you can do. Even if you have to eat, there are, uh, for medical reasons, there are ways for you to still participate. So uh, in addition to that, we've been doing, um, we've been doing these, uh, these, we've been abstaining from different things. And this week, starting today, the thing that we're abstaining from is entertainment. So whatever is your form of entertainment, you're abstaining from it. That's video games, YouTube, um, streaming services, television, uh, watching your neighbors get in fistfights, depending on your neighborhood. I've lived in those neighborhoods before. Uh, what, you're abstaining from entertainment this week. So this is, I think this is going to be the hardest week because you're going to be forced to kind of sit in your own thoughts. Um, you know, it's going to be a lot of pacing around the house. I don't know what to do. Here's what I'd encourage you to do. Pick up the Bible. Pick up a devotional. Take a few minutes and just sit in solitude and, and think about the things that God has done in your life and take a couple extra minutes to pray. And um, it is going to be a deeply refreshing week for you, deeply refreshing. So anyway, thank you guys for participating in that. As this week, as you're praying, will you pray for me? On Friday and Saturday, I'm speaking at a men's uh, conference way up in northern New Hampshire. So I'll be up in Berlin 
Berlin this weekend, um, preaching at a men's conference. I think I know one guy there. Uh, so it will be, it will definitely be, uh, I will not have home field advantage is what I'm meaning to say. So if you'll be praying for me for that, I'm, uh, I'm excited, but, but equally, actually, I'm more nervous than I am excited. But so anyway, if you pray for me, we just pray for God to move and, uh, and I'll be able to bring his word for those guys up there. Well, week three of our series, Deeper, I want to do a slight recap, give you guys a few pictures to help you to kind of remember what we've talked about. In week one of the series, I preached and I talked about deeper roots. And if you have shallow roots, according to Jesus, then you've got no resistance to drought, no resistance to persecution or the problems of this life, but when we grow deep roots, then we're able to maintain our faith and our walk with him despite any external circumstance. So first picture for you here, you've got, we, you, we got the soul, soul tree, you, we've got a whole lot of visible drought, but what do we still see? There is green. It's still life. They're still growing. And listen, we are going to face, we will. I mean, all of us, we've got a different path that we're written out, that, that we're walking through. You will encounter difficulties. We've, we may encounter um, life-threatening or life-taking persecution. Will we maintain our faith and our trust and our walk with Jesus despite Deepest problems, the deepest pains, or the deepest persecution. Well, if your roots are deep, you will. You'll walk through it with joy, and, um, and you'll walk through it holding tightly to him. The second thing Pastor Jeremy talked last week about are deeper, a deeper walk. And listen, if you, if you begin to grow deep roots, and you begin to uh, insert yourself into the kingdom of God and the things of God, but you don't walk out those things, you are like this second picture. You're a stump. You've got roots, but what happens from that? There's no, there's no fruit, there's no shade, there's no benefit. So don't just stop at just saying, yeah, I believe, or yeah, I gave my life, or yeah, I prayed a prayer once. But to begin to begin to walk with Jesus daily. And then from there, burst out a whole bunch of things. Today, I want to talk about deeper community. Here's our picture for today. This is a single banana plant that's been domesticated, locked up inside of a home. And here's the thing about banana plants. You can stick it on a shelf. You can have it as a house plant. You can grow one on your patio. But a banana plant was not designed by God to grow alone. They, when God designed the banana plant, it was designed on purpose to grow in a community, to grow in a grove. And for a banana plant to flourish... It's got to be amongst many other banana plants. So listen, here's here's what I'm telling you this morning. You are no different. 
You are designed by God to grow in a grove, to grow in a community. You cannot, you are not designed to walk out your faith with Jesus all by yourself. And uh, that's an urban legend. And we'll, we'll address that here in a little bit. But you cannot serve Jesus all by yourself. And you were never meant to. And you're not supposed to. And, uh, and, and, we've, and so what we're talking about today is growing deeper in community. Now, I want to share with you a, read, a portion of scripture. This is, I mean, maybe there's another passage of scripture that you would, uh, that you would use as an example, but I feel like this is the deepest example of community in scripture. So I'll give you a little bit of setup while you're opening. Open up to Acts chapter two, and uh, this is a famous portion of scripture that you, uh, if you've been part of church, you may have heard before or read before, but I'll give you a little bit of background um, into what we're about to read. So if you're not familiar with what's going on, um, this is about, um, it's a little less than two months after Jesus was killed on the cross. So he's been executed, he's died, he's risen again. He appeared to over 500 people at different times. They shared meals with him. He was teaching. He was preparing them. And then he had the, uh, the, the, his ascension where they were gathered together. He gave with them the great commission, which we verbalize here with three words, just one more. He's given every Christian, every church this assignment to share him with the world. He leaves and he tells them, I'm going, leaving, all right, but, but it's good that I'm leaving because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. He's going to come and you're going to meet him. He's going to change you. He's going to empower you. And through him, through you, the world is going to be changed and saved. So Jesus leaves. They watch him leave. And they go back to Jerusalem. There's 120 of them. They are meeting uh, in, in an upstairs room in Jerusalem. And they're beginning to pray. Ten days later, something in history happened called the day of Pentecost. And that's where these 120 believers all were met the Holy Spirit. There were visible signs that the Holy Spirit was there. They were infilled and empowered by the Holy Spirit. They begin to pray in tongues. When that began to happen, there was a big, uh, there was a, a, a lot of people, a lot of visitors in Jerusalem during that time. And they all begin to hear at nine in the morning, this huge eruption. And they're like, what in the world? Why are all these people drunk so early in the morning? This is crazy. And when they all gather, huge crowd of people, Peter stood up to, to this crowd of six, seven, eight, nine thousand people, and he began to preach, "Hey, you've heard of Jesus, the one that was recently killed." And he began to share the gospel message, and in that moment, 3,000 men gave their life to Jesus. Just instantaneously, the church went from 120 to 3,000. And it began to grow every single day. And the picture 
that we're about to read is just after that. This is the weeks to mo- weeks and months that followed after that event. This is what it was like to be a part of the Christian faith. Acts chapter two, verse number 42. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders, and all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. This community is is something that we've had different uh, tastes of. We've experienced it at different times in our life, but certainly it is not anything that... that, that, um, that has been maintained in our, in our lifetime or been maintained within Christianity over the last 2,000 years, but it is something that we're invited into. To love each other deeply, to care for each other deeply, to have, to, to, to have fellowship and Bible study and, and, and community in a much deeper way than likely we're experiencing right now. And what they were doing is their, their, their deeper community involved them in constant teaching, hearing God's word, listening to God's word, learning God's word, constant conversation as they talked with each other, as they learned about each other, as they, um, uh, as they were interested in each other. They shared meals together. They prayed for each other. And, and here's kind of... A, a, an obvious but important point. They did these things together, not individually. We, we, we got a couple of things working against us, all right, as Restoration Church. One, we're part of the American culture, which is a fiercely independent culture, which is not a bad thing. Uh, but not every culture is like ours. Not every culture thinks about the individual the way we do. It's my way. I want to dress the way I want to. You know, when, you, if, when, when we travel to Tanzania, every kid in every school wears a uniform. It, here, um, I mean, that's very rare and it's becoming more and more rare. Because we want to express ourselves as an individual. Other thing is, we're Yankees. Those of us who are who were raised up here in the Northeast, um, we are we tend to be isolated individuals to begin with, and those two things are working against us to truly experience this. But remember, we're not Northerners anymore. We're not uh, Americans anymore. We are citizens of the kingdom of God. And so now we don't just use our culture to hold us back from experiencing what God has for us. They did these things together. They, they gave 
They worshiped together each day. They had communion. They had circles that they met in homes. They, um, and the result of all of this was that more and more people were added to their number daily. The result of all of this was salvation. It was just one more. Deep community brings people to Jesus. We talked about this in our, in our last series, our end of last year, in our series, Love. They will know you by your love. That when the church has deep community, you don't have to beg people or argue people into believing in Jesus. They invite themselves over. Hey, I hear you're having a party. Can I come? invite themselves over. It is rare. It is beautiful. And it is an example of the kingdom of God here on earth. We believe in a spiritual enemy. He wants to take you out. He wants to take me out. He wants to take out our church. He wants to, he's going to try to do whatever he can. He's going to either try to get you to do criminal activity or he's going to try, if he can't get you to do that, he's going to try to you to believe something so it's seemingly stupid, that it makes no difference, but try to get you to believe something that just kind of clips your wings from entering into what God has for you. And in today's message, the one thing that he's been trying to get the American church, the, the individual, the, you know, the, the Christian in the United States, what he's been trying to get them to believe is that you do not need church to follow God. And it sounds, it sounds good. Pastor Nate, I don't need to go to church to follow Jesus. I don't need to go to church to believe in God. We'll, we'll stop right there. Open your Bible and prove that to me. Show me that. This simple thought takes people out. It takes you from the grove to the house plant. And you may be able to produce fruit for a season, but you won't be able to produce as much fruit as you would in a grove. You may be able to grow for a season, but you won't be able to grow as, as, as healthy as you would within community. And here's kind of the last thing. You, you won't be able to do it for as long. You will eventually perish as opposed to having the heritage of the grove that God designed. The, something that was, I mean, I don't know, I'm sure it still happens, but uh, it was a little bit more common maybe 10, 15 years ago, is I would interact with people and they'd say, yeah, I'm a Christian. Oh, where do you go to church? And they would say, I watch sermons on TV. So on Sunday morning, I turn on the TV and I find a preacher and I, and I watch the preacher. And, and we believe that that's a good thing. Here's the challenge now. 
The challenge now is I watch online, and I know I've got people watching online. But if we walk through this, watching online doesn't put you in community. And if you are someone who is part of Restoration Church online, and I know we've got people, um, uh, you, I, we've got people all over the, the country. I've got one friend um, who's in Korea who, te- who texted me, texts me, and says, "Hey, good sermon today." He doesn't say that every week, though. Um, <laughs> but if, but so they're they're part of us, all right. But they're not with us. If you have the opportunity to be with us, you've got to make that choice to step back into community. Because watching online doesn't put you in community. And then if you're, if you're overseas, again, you've got to figure out, or out of state, you've got to figure out how am I if, I, if church online, Restoration Church Online, that is going to be my church, how am I going to be in community with the believers in my church? If you can't answer that question, if you can't figure that out, then you have to get in person and Restoration Church Online can't be the solution for you. You've got to get connected into a local church. If you can't answer that, how am I going to be in Christian community while attending church online? Then you cannot go to church online. If you want to go deeper, if you want to truly follow God, you have to be able to answer that question. And I'd love for you to answer me that question. All right, because if you know that and you're able to figure that out, that will help us to help other people to do that. So it seems like a joke, but, but it's for real. We need the church. And that's not a service. We are the church. We need each other. We cannot accomplish what God wants us to accomplish on our own. Here's a thesis here. Here's a statement here I want to share with you. Um, I, I just, you can write this down. You cannot, do you have that? You cannot get rid of church without getting rid of Jesus. You begin to say, I don't need the church to follow Jesus. Listen, it will just be a matter, it may be a matter of weeks. You will not be following Jesus anymore. You're following yourself. So if you're designed by God to grow in community, what are some of the whys or what are some of the benefits? Well, let's look at the banana again. I like to use real world examples to help us to understand and to experience this. Um, Show me a picture of that banana grove. We are... um, we look at the banana. So here are real reasons why the banana plant needs to grow in a grove. Number one, it is for protection. I mean, these are obviously inside the geodome. And so you can see a poly shore way back over here. Uh, these are, it's an old, terrible movie. The, uh, I don't even know why that came to mind. But, but. Imagine they're outside for a moment, all right? And it's not the Truman Show, another old movie. Um, Or The Matrix, another old movie. I mean, why do we keep recreating all these? All right, anyway. So what happens is these banana plants protect each other. They need the shelter of one another as protection against wind and sun. And I didn't make this up. This is true. Now, Ephesians 
uh, excuse me, Ecclesiastes chapter four, verses nine through 12 says, two people are better off than one for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. It's like two, it's walking on the ice, right? But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. It's just a timeout. Remember a few years ago, some of you don't because you're new to the church, but Christmas Eve service, I'm here preaching. Where's my mom? She fell on the ice. She was alone in her driveway with a broken hip. She slipped on the ice and broke her hip. And, um, and meanwhile, I'm here at church preaching. All right, one person alone who falls is in deep trouble. Thankfully, she had her phone. She called 911. She laid on the ice for 35 minutes until they came. And it was cold like today, that, that Christmas Eve. Um, but two people, two people can, um, can help each other. And here's, it's very, very arctically cold out. So here's, you know, this next scripture we can also you can utilize in your marriage. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Go Hawkeye. Three are even better for a triple braided core is not easily broken. Spider-Man multiverse, man. So... Lots of movie references today, but I hope you're getting the point here. Again, deep community. We protect each other. We care for each other. What do we protect each other from? We protect each other from false teachers, from false ideas, from things that sound good but aren't in Scripture. We protect ourselves from persecution. And you can read throughout different stories throughout history as we hide each other as we protect each other as we defend one another we protect each other from sin entering into our heart and our life and and it going unchecked and not having another person to look at us and say why are you talking to your wife like that why are you why are you beginning to do that why are you uh, participating in that scripture calls us to this and it allows us to say what have I been doing and we are able to repent and it it protects us from just these little subtle deceptions that can come in and take us out. The second thing that a banana grove does is um, it has the benefit of nutrition. So it'll, when bananas grow in, in groves and groups, it helps them to make the most of available nutrients. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse number 11 says, so encourage each other and build each other up just as you already are doing. When you're in community, when you're in deeper community, what happens is you all grow further because you're encouraging each other, you're building each other up. How do you encourage each other? Um, this wasn't in my notes, so I'll write it in my notes for next service. I'm going to share this next week at Kids Takeover, and it's going to sound like a brag, but I promise you it's not. Uh, I want it to encourage you. Uh, I, Michelle and I have got four boys, and um, eight, oldest is 13, the youngest is eight. And uh, the, you, you've, you've been you've had money stolen out of your wallet from them. Like they're always figuring some way to raise money for kingdom builders, just nonstop, nonstop. 
I'm rethinking, like maybe I should just wait and keep this for next week. I just don't want it to seem as a brag, all right? I'm not trying to brag. I'm not trying to make anybody feel guilty, but I'm trying to show you, all right, this example from my boys, how it can encourage us and build each other up. So my boys, their kingdom builder's goal for 2020, this is four kids. This is not me because I'm pastor. I didn't manipulate them and say, make this really big goal so that way it makes me look good. I promise you none of that. This was their goal out of their mind that I didn't add into it. I just heard it and said, how are you going to accomplish it? Their kingdom builder's goal, four boys, 13, 12, 9, and 8, is $10,000 in 2022. That's their goal. Uh, we've, we've ma- I've helped them. How are you going to do that? Because that's big. And if you don't have a plan, how are you going to do that? So, um, so they've got a plan. I know for certain they're going to get at least halfway there um, just on the different things they're doing. So what do they do? They, they've got goats. They milk their goats twice a day. They've begun to make soap out of that. So they're going to be selling that this year. They're going to, anyway, I won't lay it all out for you, but what does that do? I'll tell you what, Michelle and I, we didn't give $10,000 last year. It's in our heart to give that much, but we didn't. But because of them, because of those boys saying, we want to do more, we can do more, what can we do, dreaming that way, you know what Michelle and I did? We looked at each other and said, I don't think we should let them outgive us. So we should probably have a $10,000 goal of Kingdom Builders this year. See, and, and obviously we agree with each other. What happened? They encouraged me. They built me up. Michelle and I are going to be stretched in our faith and in our giving this year because of other believers who are stretching themselves and growing themselves. Why do I tell you this? I, I was going to tell you this next week because I want you to stretch yourself and grow yourself. I want you to begin to think, well, what can I do? How could I? We push each other. There's nutrition. There's growth. We metabolize God's word together. That's part of what preaching is. We see other people live out scripture and it challenges us to live out that part of the scripture. We see people forgiving and it, and it challenges us to forgive. We see people praying for people. It challenges us to pray. We see people giving. It challenges us to give. So this causes us to grow. This community causes us to produce more fruit than we ever would have on our own. And the last thing here is environment. So being within banana plants, being within a grove helps to create the humidity needed in order to thrive. Growing together in small clumps helps protect the banana plants against extremes of heat and cold, periods of drought and excessive moisture. This is essential in keeping them healthy and happy. Galatians chapter 6, verse number 2 says, Share each other's burdens, and in this way, obey the law of Christ. Deeper community gives us the environment to come in and to confess sin. Gives us the environment to come in and be prayed for. Gives us the environment to receive correction or rebuke. Gives us the environment 
to worship. It gives us the environment to experience the Holy Spirit. It gives us the environment needed to grow. Deeper community, it's not an obligation. Deeper community is not something to feel guilty about. Deeper community is a great blessing. Has great benefit in it, something that we enjoy even as American Northeastern Yankees. And I, I will push on this too, all right? Because, um, because too many people say, oh, I'm an introvert, I'm an introvert. And they use that as their excuse not to be involved in community. Listen, let me tell you, I'm an introvert, all right? How needing time alone doesn't mean that you don't need community. Just like an extrovert doesn't mean they don't ever need time alone. I thought that was me. I'm like, I just turned into a Decepticon, another old TV show reference. Sorry if you couldn't hear that at the other locations. <laughs> um, deeper community, bananas. We, um, our personality doesn't determine our engagement, the word of God does. All right, so you can't, you not use I'm introverted as an excuse, just like I can't. It's not an excuse. God didn't like create me an introvert and said, sorry, man, half of God's word doesn't, does, won't work for you. Doesn't, because you can have a group of introverts who grow together in Christ. It's not a problem. What happens is sometimes we, we can use excuse to enter into something that God has for us. And we'll talk about that in two weeks. But we end up missing out on what God has for us. Here's my last statement to you before I pray for you. Did you get that for me? Not that one. Those who are growing the most are attending the most. And you can, this, this word here, it's got to be switched up. There's a few different words here. It's not just attending, all right? But participating, involved, serving, giving. Those who are part of deeper community are those who are growing. They're growing in joy. They're growing in Christ. They're growing deeper roots. It's because they're connected to the growth. It's because they're connected to the church. It's because they're connected to other believers. We close your eyes and let me pray for you. Jesus, we love you so much. And when you established your church, believers full of your Holy Spirit in community. What a perplexing way to show the kingdom of God, but, but yet probably what a perfect way. We've only experienced the kingdom of heaven here while on this earth, but we know one day when we are living in the kingdom of heaven, 
as many of our friends and family they are right now, we are going, it is never going to be an obligation. The deep sense of awe that the believers felt in the early church will be the deep sense of awe we immediately feel when we step on, step our feet onto your kingdom in heaven. But Jesus, we know because it's here in scripture and we know because it's something you've called us to do, it is something we can experience now. And I pray, Jesus, that this year, Restoration Church, we will grow deeper in community. We will love each other. We will invest in each other. We will pray for each other. And we will give of ourselves without expecting anything from anyone else. God, I pray, you know, in a couple, in, 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 next month when we start um, circles up again for, for this year, I just pray that we've determined in our heart, all right, this is it. I'm going to connect. I'm not just going to show up on Sunday morning, but I'm going to get involved with a group of other Christians to read the word together, to share a meal together, to pray for each other. And I'm going to make that now part of my life. And I pray that, God, not just for those who are in person today, but for those who are joining us online as well. A commitment and a desire for deeper community. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you stand to your feet?